It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz. Racing's biggest fan. Luber on the leader, coming after it now. Look at train, still there, tears of victory and Tulsi out wide, but it's Luber on in front. At the 100 metres, she's home. She's a bit green, but she will get there. The two big guns, Legato made the lead from La Creek. Aquacade's looking to spoil the party, but it's Legato in front. Aquacade is winding up on the inside from La Creek. It's Legato and a very confident Ryan Elliott. Oh, she's back and she's back big time. And here she comes. Prowess starting to put in with a burst. Town Cryer's kicking pretty hard. Prowess on the outside's a length and a half away trying to get to her. Town Cryer, she's in front down towards the line and she'll win the Breeders. Rightio, 18 away from 11. Uh, we're going to do this through spring. We're catching up with Stephen Hunt from TAB. He's the chief bookie there. Uh, he is very intelligent when it comes to, well, beforehand, but especially the aftermath and, and reviewing races. And we've got some wonderful races to look at. Morning, Stephen. How are you going, mate? Morning, Louis. Yeah, good. Very well. Yourself? Yeah, super. And it was uh, an interesting um, non-Group 1 weekend of racing because we had Group 1 horses, as you just heard there. We'll start and we'll go backwards. Uh, Town Crier. I don't think I had Town Crier beating Prowess this season on my bingo card. What about you? <laughs> no, not many did, to be fair, Louis. Uh, she was at a high SP. I think the camp were fairly confident she would run a race and maybe run above betting expectation, but to beat Prowess at weight for age level, not many saw that coming. Uh, but she was a deserving winner, and just looking at the numbers coming out of the Taranaki Breeders, the race shape, look, the first door to the 600, they've run 50-49, which was 1.6 lengths below open class. So they've gone, on, gone along at a solid clip. The last 600 was 36.85, which was the second fastest of the meeting, so they've come home fairly strong in the last 600, only bettered by the two-year-old event, which you'd expect over the short, sharp trip of 950 metres, and the overall speed rating was bang on par in terms of the class of the race. So, no real knock on the numbers, Louis, and in terms of Pro-S performance, look, I think it was a pretty good ride from Michael McNabb from a sticky gate. He positioned her just worse than midfield, three wide, with cover, and I looked at her closing sectionals, her closing splits from the 800 metre mark. Her clear, or her slowest, was clearly the last 200, which was a 12.47 furlong, which suggested she just felt the pinch off a solid tempo and she just came to the end of the run, which is understandable, Louis, considering the variables was a soft track, uh, the race shape, which I've already touched on. She was 196 days fresh, and her latest trial was about four or five weeks ago. So I think uh, assessing her performance, it was a clear pass mark from my assessment and she was always going to be vulnerable at the back end of a race on a solid tempo. Yeah, you've absolutely nailed it. I mean, it looked like she might just go, when she loomed up, she might just go past, but it, to the eye, it did look like she just started to feel herself a wee bit. The lactic acid was building, and I mean, you've got to remember, she is super fresh, and she had that minor setback with that abscess as well, but her action looked free, and I don't, it didn't have any issue with the ride either. Um, I just think it was a, a, probably a better ride by Jonathan Parks, to be honest, so fair play to Royd and, and Jono. That's a, a, a fantastic uh, win, and um, I'm sure something that they'll probably look back on 
and go, well, we bit prowess, especially if she goes on to do something. So she goes to a mile on Cox Plate Day. What distance would you like to see her peaking at, uh, probably third up this preparation? Well, I'd like to see her in a mile and a quarter, 2,000 metres, ideally, uh, but it's just picking the right race. I think there's a Phillies and Mears race on the last day of Cup Carnival, uh, the Matriarch from memory, or she could yep. take on the Group 1 and the, all the, uh, the Group 1 wait for age on the same day, uh, potentially at 1,600. So there's options for her at Pro S, but I think they'll be determined how she comes out of Moody Valley on Cox Plate Day. Uh, but ideally, I think her, her peak trip from what I've seen in numbers locally, domestically, has been over a mile and a quarter. I would, and, and if, I'm just having a look now, I don't think there is a market for that matriarch at tab.co.nz, but uh, I would be suspecting that they would rather go there than take on the wait for age horses. Roger has always been very wary about four-year-old mares coming back after their Philly season, and, and I know they ultimately want to win a Cox Plate, but it's not going to be this year, and, and that's fair enough. So I think patience is the key with this four-year-old mare. Legato, on the other hand, I mean, how did she rate? Because... Ryan Elliott's just ambled up, and he's been very kind to her on the line, hasn't he? Well, just firstly on Ryan's ride, I thought it was a gun ride. Uh, look, he's, he's copped a bit of criticism on a few of his rides on Group 1 days in the last 12 months, but, uh, look, where proof is in the pudding, he's, he's got a very good record on a lot of good horses that have been put at the point end of the mark in the last 12 months and done the job. Unfortunately, mm. Legato on the Karaka Classic uh, was one ride that went against him. Uh, whether it was his fault, uh, that's a, a discussion people can have, but just purely back on his ride on Saturday, I thought it was a 10 out of 10 ride. At the end of the day, uh, she was rated a 65% chance to do the business on the weekend, Louis, and I think when you've got a horse with that so that much superior over her rivals, uh, you've got to you've got to ride them with a touch of arrogance, and I think that was the key around Ryan. As you see, out of the machine, she jumped well on par with many of the horses. But I think Ryan looked to take a, a little bit of a spot forward of midfield. He did show intent, but there was just enough speed underneath her, so he elected to go back, get some cover, worse some midfield on that three wide train. And the key point of the race is that he saw La Creek. Getting away with, I wouldn't say murder up front, but some cheap sectionals mid-race. And he took off at the 600, Ryan, and presented the horse at the top of the straight, roughly around about two or three lengths off the leaders. And I watched it at the home turn. He used the whip maybe once or twice, but up the straight, it was all hands and heels. So it was a very dominant win. And as I presented uh, earlier on, I thought it was a gun ride from Ryan to present the horse, go early from about the 600-metre mark, and ride her like the good thing she was. And... Look, the margin wasn't clear. It was uh, roughly around about three-quarters of a length uh, to Aquacay, which we'll touch on shortly. The overall speed rating was one length below class, and the overall time was almost identical to the 75 mile on the same day. So just on numbers, there was nothing flash out of the wind, but I think you just got to treat it with a bit of trust, the eye scenario, yeah, on the fact yeah. that it was a pretty dominant win and the whip was used once or twice coming around the turn, but not at all down the home straight. Totally agree. It, it was. You just trust she, he was kind on her. And, and she does have that flat spot in her rides, and sometimes she just needs to be woken up, as some of these mares do. So Aquacade has come home in 12.09 the last 200, uh, 36.15 the 600. And Lance Noble told me on Saturday morning they're going to try to keep her fresh enough for a Zabiel. Um, I, I wouldn't say she can't win one, especially if, if they can keep her fresh enough. Be a good training effort because she is a staying mare. You see her wound up late. She's a, a nice horse, this, Stephen. 
She is. She is. That wasn't her PB on the weekend, uh, funny enough, uh, Louis. Her performance rating out of the weekend was a 92.5, which happens to be her second best to date, as I mentioned. Her PB sits at 94.9, which was recorded earlier this uh, this year at Tauranga, Louis, when winning an open handicap yeah. over 2-1 on a genuine heavy track. But when you normalise it to lengths, the second to Legato was one length inferior to her PB. But look, you've got to consider... The whole picture, she hadn't raced for seven months. She was over a distance short of her best, 1,600 metres. Uh, so, look, she's got a really good base now, an ideal base to be hitting a, a PB later in her campaign, whether that's third, fourth up potentially. But I agree. I think the Zabiel sets up perfectly for her over Christmas, New Year, with the likes of Pro S, Legato, even Mustang Valley, hitting Melbourne and Sydney over the spring. Which of those three are going to uh, contest the Zabiel Classic? Unlikely all three of them, possibly maybe one at best, just the way it fits in our calendar versus the Australian spring. So uh, our top weight for age horses over 2,000 metres might be a little bit thin come that come that time of the year, which really suits Aquacade. Okay, in the same colours, and we'll finish on this one. We said we'd talk about the fillies uh, this time around. Luberon, she was green. George said it. She was wobbling around a little bit. I actually quite like Tulsi's um, run to the eye, and I think she'll continue to progress as she gets up over ground. Um, but here we go, the 1,000 guineas market now, and Luberon shoots to a $5 favourite with Molly Bloom. Um, what, did, what did you get from Luberon? She looked green. Did she rate? Uh, look, it rated okay, the overall figure. I think she was in the perfect position in terms of the race shape. Uh, it was a crawl and sprint home, Louis. So any of those horses, uh, as you say, Tulsi was at the back of the field. You've got to add merit to the performance where, where those horses did map uh, if they were worse in midfield. Because as I mentioned, if you're in the first two or three, that was the gun spot. Look, she deserves to be in the conversation, Lubrion, but she's just got to do a few things right. She's got to iron out a few issues. She had a tendency to lay in, hang in the race, going left-handed. So, um, look, there's not too far between now and the 1,000 guineas. Probably one or two starts max. So they've just got to iron that out towards Luberon. But I don't think the 1,600 metres come reckoning as any drama with her. But as I say, she was in the perfect position on the mat, second outer in a crawl and sprint home. And I just want to weigh up a quick mention to Mary Shan, who did win at Tauranga last week as well. And I think Mary, Mary Shan, she might be the one horse I'm leaning towards in terms of V Luberon when it comes to reckoning. Her closing sectionals were comparable to the best of the day, but I do concede it was off a slow tempo, but in terms of an overall speed rating, it wasn't that inferior to Luberon what she produced on Saturday, and I think uh, Mary Shan's just going to eat up the 1,600 metres at record, and uh, look, I, I do think Mary Shan's going to be twice the horse in the autumn, but I still think she's got the credentials and the ability to, to pull off a really good race prior to Christmas. Look, I, I and I tend to um, like finding a, a filly that looks like she'll stay and she'll get a trip for that 1,000 guineas because it's a big wide open track at Rickerton and you don't necessarily want the, to be getting your head up like Luberon was. So she's got another start. I'm sure she'll go to um, the Phillies race at Tarapa before then and we'll work it out. And uh, I wish I win. I'm wearing the hat. You're probably wearing the hat, although punters have got skin for in a word. Can he win, Hunter? <laughs> oh, can, can he win? Is that the well, question? No, he does win. Can he win? But yeah, yeah. He does win. Yeah, doesn't he? Oh, I think I think he can. I think the key is a lot of it's. Um, there's a bit of negativity about the horse not having gate speed, but I think a lot of that in the last 12 months has been down to barrier jaws, wide jaws. The TJ Smith he drew the car park on an off track and they elected yeah. to go back, but he showed enough tactical speed from barrier one from memory in the Memsies. Uh, yeah, he got back three back rail, but that was over 1400 metres, and there's a few horses that. Had, uh, had had a run yeah. under their belt and um, 
and, and had drawn wide gates and came across and used their fitness edge in that particular race. But, look, uh, the draws come out later today, I think this evening, our time uh, for yeah, the Everest. Wait, which... wait, hey, hey, Stephen, see, this is what bookies do. They overthink it. Oh, I'm just going to say, res- res- uh, we're going to do it responsibly, but we're going to get on. There you go. There's Stephen Hunt. Back soon.